Welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable. It is 12-23, Friday, October 9th, 2020. I have The Phase and Ariel here. My name is Shale. We're basic income advocates. How is everyone? Yeah. Uh, say face good. squared. What's that, Ariel? <laughs> I said face squared. Hey. Face squared. Yeah, with the two phase in physical space. This is blowing my mind today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're in Palestine, Texas. Yeah, because normally... Faye, Donnie, you're nomadic, and you've been on the West Coast for most of the time you've been on the show, right? Um, yeah. No, you're you right. Moved around. Really... Yeah, we've been West West Coast for the past, I don't know, six to eight weeks. And now you're in Texas. I, I, and now I'm in Texas, yeah. I, I really like traveling and moving around, uh, but going... I don't know why I haven't gone east in a while. I mean, I kind of fell in love with California, and that's part of it. Um, <laughs> I could be sure for the wrong thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's fun. I met so many incredible people along my journeys just here. I got to meet other uh, podcast members like Angelo and Sheridan and now Faye. Um, and then uh, also I met Daniel Arizon in person. I mean, I've met him before, but uh, he hosted me and I. And then I even met a different gang gang member uh, michelle and i don't remember her last name <laughs> um but yeah so like i met so many yang gang members and it was incredible because my throat was so fatigued from talking okay like i spent like six solid hours talking to angelo like uh we, we were hungry and we went to go get wendy's food and then like we sat on my tailgate in the parking lot for like six hours. It was daytime when we sat there. It was like in the middle of the day. And then it was night, like really nighttime. And I was like, well. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so wait, did, did you manage to take a picture of Sheridan? Because we never see his face. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know how, like, I have no idea how Sheridan yeah. looks. It's so funny. You know, you guys aren't the first person to say that. And, like, I never thought that I never knew exactly what he looked like. I guess in my mind, I already knew what he looked like. But, like, realistically, you're right. I don't think I knew what he looked like before meeting him. But I met him and his girlfriend. Uh, no, I didn't get a picture. I'm so sorry. I, That's like, right. I don't Pre- think... Preserve the mystery. The <laughs> <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it was quite the adventure if we had a photo we'd have to show it privately anyway because he must be a very private person right. so maybe yeah i don't know but he, maybe, maybe he just likes avatars he just loves using avatars is all funny <laughs> is that all hmm. that's Did, all <laughs> should you got, um, uh, i don't know it's beautiful how we've all been connecting though and just finding each other you mean someone who uses the name furry sparkle (laughs) 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 yeah it's cool we all know each other we're like meeting and it's it's blown my mind that you guys are in physical space because of this thing where you met you met through this thing (laughs) that that uh that i started that's crazy good for us (laughs) that's that's funny what what you're like i found golden rock Okay, that's yeah. nice, sweetie. <laughs> I'm, 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 a, so, I'm a people so connector. Broke, so, so that, so that's that's interesting because when going to Texas, you pass through Arizona and New Mexico. So that's like, uh, yeah, like how long did that take? I out of my way to go see Sheridan, uh, but I gave some random woman a ride because it was 108 degrees, 
outside. I don't even have AC in my truck. Okay. Like I was spraying myself with a water bottle. That's where we're at. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so I ended up, um, like she was walking with a gas can in her hand. I was like, Hey, <laughs> like you okay? Anyway, she gets in my car and she's got this gas tank. Uh, it's just two gallons or whatever, but it doesn't have like a lid on it. And so like, uh, yeah, it was like, 10 or more miles to the next like gas station so she would have walked forever but you know she wouldn't have somebody would have picked her up and then uh uh we got her gas and then she spills a ton of it in my car right it's like <gasps> in your car you yeah tell me about all no, this yeah well, I no mean, like you could have at least put it in your tank like <laughs> right? gonna spill it spill it to the right spot um well i to me i'm just like well the window is already open because i can't handle the heat right it's like it's like when you when you have something that you can drink and you spill it on yourself instead of actually drinking it (laughs) (laughs) well she gave me 40 dollars and i think part of it's because she spilled the gas in my car right (laughs) um i managed to like have extra money because i was like sheridan i can't see you and i've got the gas money and then magically by helping this woman i had exactly the amount of gas money. <laughs> the exact amount of gas yeah. money yeah i did the math like i was like i could do this wait you <laughs> left without enough gas money <laughs> that's funny i had a gas tank oh, with man. me <laughs> so so no i i've done this before though i've honestly purposely left without enough money to make my goals and it pushes me to go outside and you wonder why i'm zone. asking you to uh check your car before you come out <laughs> um so yeah it pushes you huh yeah that sounds no, like a I'm- bad way to do things man i don't i don't know <laughs> don't get me wrong i she have to be pushing the truck it was- no 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 let's yeah okay let's- Stop for a second. Let's stop for a second. I have people I can ask for money. Mm-hmm. Like, I always have somebody I can ask. Literally, it would just be, like, pushing me to ask for money, okay? I, I yeah, always yeah. have somebody to donate to me, but I don't cash in on that unless I absolutely need to, right? I understand. But, <laughs> so, so I, I'm just like, that's my emergency, but I like the adventure and the not knowing and the, like, risk of it all, and it just... I don't know. You know, it's good. To, you don't want to give yourself excuses to not do something you want to do. You don't want to. You don't want to always feel like there's more you have to do to prepare, no matter what you've done. So, I mean, it's it's good to counterbalance against that, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> she's like, "You did what?" Yeah. Um, so, uh, but also, gas is a lot cheaper than California. Like, gas is like up to three fifty in California, and it's like one ninety here. You know, like. Yeah, so like when I initially did my math for actually, okay, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't do the math for how much <laughs> gas I did before I left, <laughs> but then I had to redo my like math as I'm on the road. I was like, oh, I should probably figure this out. But I grabbed my gas tank so that I knew I had a backup. And I've seen people do this thing, they call it jugging, okay? So they have a jug. They go to a gas station. They ask somebody to fill it up, right? And I've always wanted to challenge myself to do that. Now, now let's talk about how I got this gas tank, okay? I went on a quest to find a gas tank so that I could go jugging, okay? And so I randomly found this gas jug on the side of the road. I was like, I'm, oh, I saw one passing. And I was like, oh, I should have picked that up. I need a gas jug, right? And then, like, I... I didn't. I was like, you know what? If I see another one, I'm going to pick it up, right? So I picked up this one. It was like a diesel one, right? I was like, what is this? Okay, well, it'll work. I ended up, I ended up hanging out with this random person that I met. 
uh, <laughs> like, and, um, it was a really crazy night. Cops were involved. So they were trying to, in the back of the, like, truck, they were thinking he was selling me drugs. Like, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to actually talk him out of drugs. And, like, I asked if I could throw away his drugs even to help him. You know, I'm trying to, like, coach him and, like, be there for him. Anyway, so, like, they almost took him out to jail. But, like, since I did that, they let him out and dumped the drugs out and pour water on him. I was like, okay. Um, but I was also, like, a onesie because it was cold and yeah. it's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they thought I was on drugs. Um and then, like, uh, the next day, because, uh, like, he was sleeping out of his car, right? So it's, like, this whole thing. And I helped him jump his car. Anyway, so the next day, uh, like, he spills the other container's liquid into, like, all my research in it. Like, oh. was trying, I was trying not to freak out. I was like, it's okay. He's like, you know what? I have this gas jug. Why don't I just give you my gas jug and we'll get rid of this other one? I was like, okay. So I, it was a long quest to even get that gas jug. So it, I need to use it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> keep, go, keep going. <laughs> you can't be uh, done here. Uh, yeah, well, I got it and I never used it. And then, like, I've just been too afraid to. And um, But, I don't know, I saw a guy get, like, two five-gallon gas jugs filled up and he was fully nomadic. He had a busload of people and, like, a whole family and dogs, like it was beautiful. And people are like, "Oh, I can't travel with." Them. I'm like, "I've seen it done." Yeah, that was a really strange time in my life, by the way. <laughs> Some weird <laughs> things happen. Isn't that like now though? It's still ongoing. It's still the strange time. Yeah, it's it's good to have a, like, an emergency. You can't invoke that idiom to create the psychological emotional distance between you and the story if the story happened like yesterday. <laughs> Well, and it's, yeah, okay. It so, was a really strange time, this breakfast I had. You know, it's like, <laughs> I had breakfast today. I, I like living a unique life. I love okay, it. guys. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, but the thing is, okay, the emergency gas, it's good to know you have some. Mm-hmm. But if you if you have it in your car at all times, it creates a, a danger. Oh, it's totally empty right now. Okay. Yeah, it's totally empty. Like, I didn't actually have gas. I was just, and then I have a sign that says tarot card or tarot readings, right? Yeah. I can't find my tarot cards, but anyway, oh. so I was like, maybe I'll make a sign that has a gas tank on it, put it next to my tarot reading thing, read some tarot for. Like I was, I had it all planned out. I just didn't need to use it because I helped somebody get gas. <laughs> what if you had a, you had a basic income? About that? Yeah, right. <laughs> None of this would have happened. <laughs> it's like. It's like I want to, if I were in Congress, I would just like show the beginning of Breaking Bad. I'd be like, none of this would have happened if we had regular health care. How about it? How about it, fellas? Regular health care. Can we ask know. them to do that? Like, put that in, at the beginning. Well, of I mean, Trump like shows, Trump every wants show? everybody to get their health care for free now that he said like. But I guess it's only if you get COVID. <laughs> what does he really want? Yeah, like- I, I yeah, think he, he just says what comes to mind. He's like a yeah, political exactly. improv like, artist. Like, he, He's he, like, he this is a wants- skit I'm gonna do. Like today, to, to, free medicine. Today, today, right, today he just said... Um, Tomorrow, uh, a wall. Oh, like, like, <laughs> today, he, 
today today you just said let's go big with the stimulus right and then it's like okay like we can't no, this this like guy elected totally a male lost. cheerleader he, he's, go he's, team he's, no, what are we doing i don't know you know go he's to, no he's, he's totally lost it he said he says something different every yeah. single day and and he just flip-flops like i mean john Kerry was a bipolar or like well within an hour of when he said we, we're hour. no longer going what was his first tweet about says, um, like the stop stimulus. the stimulus, uh, uh, it's over until I'm, uh, you know, elected. Until again. I'm elected, we're just uh, gonna yeah, do yeah, nothing. and and then and then like the next day, he's like, oh, just give me a standalone not the next day, bill. within like an hour it's, or two. Yeah, yeah, a standalone bill for the twelve hundred dollars. So it's like, but but then and then and then now later, let's go. Now just today, let's go big on the stimulus, and it's like he doesn't know. He he's he's like in a no man's land. Like he's well, it like, all makes oh, sense in his mind, it all makes sense. Right, I wanted exactly. to make but his 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 a modest. I mean, I mean, his motive operandus, okay, is basically, I'll threaten people, and then they'll do what I want, which is what I want is I want them to give me another check I can sign, so everybody knows I'm the good guy here. I'm the one giving you the money. Yeah, That's just, how, it. All makes sense in his mind, you know. He doesn't realize that we think he's uh, completely he, he, nuts. He just he just, he just he just like licks his finger and puts it up and sees which way the wind is blowing. He just like even even though even though like more people are capable to catch COVID that way because like he has it. I I I mean I think he was the super good. <laughs> he, he 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 was the super spreader. Like he, he, he just he just kind of like you know you know he's he's getting flown everywhere to like infect everyone. I mean it's crazy. Did you know you, you know there were like raccoons running loose in the White House because it was so it was so freaking hilarious. There was there one reporter. Tell me about tell, tell me about this. Yeah, Back yeah. There was this there was this one reporter who was like I don't know like attacked by a raccoon or saw a raccoon near. Near near the White House, and he started like kicking it or something. Not... It was really funny. Uh, yeah, it's it's like one comedian said the White House turned into the Resident Resident Evil game. Wow! 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 Yeah. So I did a thing though after I read the, or like heard about Trump denying yet another stimulus. I made a video. Yeah, uh, of people. I didn't mean to cry. Like there was no intention of crying. Right? Yeah. I had a down, and I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm gonna make a video, and then I'm, you know, and then I was like, okay, this is the video. I'm okay if it goes viral because. I'm going to pull out some emotional heartstrings and, you know, some people, they're, they're less likely to be rude about a woman, like a reason a woman's crying, no offense, but they're just like, oh, but then other people feel it. And like, even the people are like, oh, well, he just tweeted this thing about the 1200 because I tagged that motherfucker. <laughs> like, I, like, and then like, it got shared. It, it, are you talking about tea? I, uh, yeah, well, the, the I don't know if he ever even saw it. Yeah, uh, just the one I was crying. I want to see. Um, but anyway, it got a lot of views because I wanted to make it go viral. It's got 10K views, so it's not as many as some of my videos I've made. But, like, I thought Andrew Yang would maybe, like, share it. Maybe even Scott Santons. Uh, they're the ones that actually get me the views, right? Because I've, I've achieved 30,000 before on a couple of videos. But anyway, yeah, so I went through all my DMs and I'm like, retweet Katie I really wanted people to feel my emotions because I'm not the only one and then some people are like well he said he's gonna do it and I was like okay how many months has it been I don't care like right 
hasn't I, done it. Do you not recognize right. that? Well, I, I mean, I mean, just, just imagine if like students can do what our government can do because the government doesn't have like a teacher or like uh, like the government can't be sent to the principal's office. But just imagine if like like students just said, oh, I'm going to finish this homework. And then they didn't get the homework until the day, until like the last day of class. And sometimes not even then. Could you could you imagine having the power to gaslight and string people along like these assholes have and they never have any consequences? Like regular human beings face consequences for not getting stuff in on time, you know, like late fees and penalties for like saying something and then it never happens. But these assholes never do. Why is that? Even 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 though there there's supposed to be more consequences for them, there's supposed to be it's 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 unbelievable. It's Oops, disgusting. You've been quiet. <laughs> you know, it's it's you know I that reminds me of the time when I was like in uh, I worked for Goodwill, and my manager uh, was quite cruel, and um, she she was a. Uh, very loudly one time uh, talking about a woman behind her back. That was a customer. She's like, oh, this is just another run-of-the-mill crack whore. And like trying to say it loud enough so that this other woman heard it. And like that wasn't the only time I heard her say something really crappy about a uh, um, customer. I don't care if they're stealing. You shouldn't be saying stuff like that. You know, like you're the manager set the expectation of how we behave here. And so uh, I was like, oh man, who do I even talk to? Because I am not cool with this, right? And so I went to um, the lead worker, so below the manager, and she was like, I don't even know what to do, right? Because it's our boss, (laughs) you know? Um, But eventually she got transferred. And so I don't know if that was because of what I complained about. Um, But like, Nothing had happened because I nobody knew what to do because she was the manager. Uh, I'm like, uh-uh. this is not well, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, that's <laughs> the same thing when there's when there's scumbags in positions of power. I mean, like, like when you have like a principal of a school who's also like the biggest bitch or the biggest like asshole, and like you're stuck. <laughs> It's it's pretty bad, but the thing is, is like that. I mean, I mean that that's why the United States had a revolution because like we had a king who could just like say, oh well, I just want to do this, and then everybody had to say okay, even whatever the hell they wanted to do was like bad or stupid, and no, no like like he was above the law. But it, it seems to me that like our government gets away with so much, and and then we say, oh, but we have a choice with our votes, but. You know, not not it shouldn't just be votes because that happens like every two and four years. It should be like, look, if you're not keeping your promises, if you're just saying bullshit and nothing ever gets done, like the people should introduce some consequences to your rotten ass. (laughs) I mean, it does take a long time to actually get anything rolling. Right. Um, In general, well, well, we should we should hire a committee to see why that is to look into that. We should there should there should be some kind of committee of like efficiency and and like what's happening to like look into like what why things are not being done. There there should be like an investigative team that the people have to like look into all this stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you're right. There needs to be something because we don't have it right now. Um, There's no accountability. There's no. there's none of this. Like, there, there should be like an office of government accountability. 
Like, like, like there, boom, just make one, see that. And, and they, and they should all have the right to like go in and find out what's happening and not be connected to any special interest groups or any other politicians. And, and, and then there should be a committee of oversight of the government accountability office. So there should be like layers and layers of watchdogs. So this shit just can't keep happening over and over again. I agree. But like, How do we even get someone in there like that? Because there's a lot of red tape already to do anything. Well, we, with we, got, we got, we got to have like, you know, the American Revolution 2.0 somehow. We got to like organize, we got to like, you know, we, we got, we got really like out there with megaphones, with things of like obstructing, obstructing like the flow of all these like quote unquote important people until this happens. Like, blocking their cars, blocking their... How's just saying, like, hey, like, assholes, you work for us. Don't you forget it. And we want some accountability. If we don't get our accountability, you get the hell out of here. <laughs> just, like, boom. Like, yeah, it's like I'm sick of it. it, it, it it's, it's like, what, what, why should our lives be the only lives that, like, fit? We, we, we always face the consequences of our actions when we do something wrong or when we lie to people or... When we're when we're being stupid, we always face those consequences. These people are shielded from them, and that's not okay. What do you suggest as a uh, as a good punishment? Uh, well, I I know this sounds weird. Like they said at the debates, like we should have put like a shock collar, on maybe <laughs> maybe on their things. But I think, but I think like we put the shock collar on like the genitals <laughs> of our government officials and every time they do something we just push a button and it just shocks them and then after a few shocks it's like they won't do it anymore <laughs> and then everybody has to agree with it <laughs> okay like, that sounds funny but maybe not realistic <laughs> right <laughs> what about um what about when uh what about when congress fails to act and the budget isn't even passed now that they I don't find get paid, ridiculous. They don't. They don't. They don't get paid. That's. It. I think automatically they should not not only not get paid, but the entire Congress should just be relieved, and they should all be fired automatically. Yeah, and it just starts a whole new round of us just voting yeah. new people. Adios. Bye. Bye. Lose your whole job. Yeah, lose it. No, no, no. Like, like, like how, how, how this is, how is this unreasonable? We do this all the time with these right to work laws. Like someone could come in with like unmatching socks and just lose their job at a drop of a hat. And yeah. even, even, even with yeah, right players, to work, I'm having the right socks. You're right. <laughs> right. And, and with right to work, they said you can use your job for any reason or no reason at all. What kind of bullshit? It's, it's like, it's like the manager just says, oh, you know what? Like I just flipped this coin and it landed on tails, so now I'm firing you. It's it's I swear no 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 they they th- that's the reason even though it has nothing to do with your work ethic or like how hard you've been working you can be fired for no reason at all under right to work which is really the wrong to work which is really just like bullshit but then but but with the with the people in our in our Congress like they just keep their work no matter what no matter how incompetent they are it's double standards it's bullshit completely utterly what about the president can he ever be relieved of his duties if he does the wrong thing is there such a thing as a well that that's called impeachment <laughs> but we didn't do it we yeah, did we not try. do what we, we were yeah we didn't we use tried. our power appropriately well um, that 
Yeah. Heads up real quick, guys. Uh, our, our guest is like, oh, yeah, uh, I thought you said 12. And I was like, Eastern. They're like, oh. <laughs> and then they asked if it was uh, voice only. So I'm guessing they just woke up because it is 945 uh, where they are. So um, we can... I'm, I'm seeing what she wants to do right now. I told her she can come on. It's video optional, but uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. she's in the chat. She said hi at 931. <laughs> today? Uh, not today. I think that was another day. Oh, yeah, that was... oh, okay. My bad. You're looking in the arts and creations? That's where I saw. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, I think I think like government accountability and stuff like that, like everybody, there there should be like a proposition in every state it has to be put on the ballot something called like you know if, if if promises are made and they are broken if we find out that like like you're stringing people along or gaslighting you're out like 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 how, like could, could we ever make laws against gaslighting <laughs> like like i, I think we need to first teach people what that is because a lot of people are not actually exposed to what gaslighting is and they've been deep in it and they don't know it it's a right, pretty old yeah. word at this point. It's been around for a while, but, uh, you know, people do have to learn the meanings of right. things. Well, because when I first, like, really learned about gaslighting, it had already been, like, um, you know, I had experienced it a lot. And I was like, oh, wait, I was in a really toxic relationship. And it took a lot for me to even learn how to get out of the toxic relationship. And so, like... And then I could finally start teaching it once I felt like I had, you know, myself better together, <laughs> you know. Um, but you don't have to be old to practice it because my six-year-old gaslights me all the time. Oh, <laughs> oh, that didn't happen. Never happened. <laughs> I said, yes, yeah. it did. <laughs> you just did that. No, no, mommy. Never happened. <laughs> but, but kids like stuff like that, to be honest. <laughs> They're like, what can I get away with? <laughs> Yeah, funny. We are living in two different realities, you and me, mommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all living in a bunch of different realities in 2020. That's kind of the American problem. Yeah, the American it's nightmare. Sticking it all it's together, the American isn't nightmare. It? Yeah. Yeah, the like, like the so much for the dream. It's like I mean, we're all like, getting together and saying, I dreamed this. Well, I dreamed this. <laughs> you know, this right. is how yeah. we are well, all I becoming mean, George, that George, ridiculous. George Carlin, it's called it a dream because it only happens when you're sleeping. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. So so that that's that's the thing. The, the, this was so funny. You guys know the Lincoln Project? Yeah. They, what about they, 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 they put up, cool. like, you, you, you know, like those old cheesy like infomercials for like a drug or like a pharmaceutical that 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 you play on like vhs tape and like when you when you look at your tv like there are all these lines and shit like they did the same thing with the president's regeneron message they just made it look like this cheesy infomercial yeah and then he called it the china virus again except Blame China, and that made me so mad. It wasn't you? It was China. <laughs> their their media, their entire media corporations, right? That have going with this narrative, and every time they say, they say we can't forget it's the China virus. I said, why can't we? <laughs> so what are you talking? Right. About? Right. <laughs> what like like we can't we can't forget but like how do you stop it like you didn't even stop it it's like 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 you 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 saw like where they met there were like no masks no distancing at all there was like hugging talking into each other's ears 
I mean, like, oh wow, you're talking you, about the Republican conventions and things that they're know, doing, like, like, no, 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 the the, the confirmation of the judge, the confirmation hearing, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they got the, the, they all got together in the rose garden, just like touching each other and shit, and then they said, no, oh, no, it was outdoor, goodness. but then they went indoors and they did the same thing. <laughs> Oh my god, it's it's just like a big joke. And and then and then they said like now the White House is the new Wuhan. What? Oh. Is, what, is, what does that mean? No, I don't they, well, well they're just Wu, furthering Wu, the association Wu, of coronavirus and, uh, well, and China. Well well like Wu, Wuhan that, was the, the place that. where, where the <laughs> outbreak first started. So so then like now now the White House is, is right. just a ground zero for the virus. <laughs> And the, and then and and now it's rare to be a White House official who doesn't. <laughs> oh, but no, uh, Trump really knows what to take credit for. He really wants to take credit for this stimulus check. If we can get another one, he knows he got credit yeah. for the first one because people have been telling him. I'll bet his supporters yeah. really believe that that check was well, from him. I th- I think they we, definitely we probably think he don't. personally wrote it from his like personal bank account. Like we, yeah. we don't we don't we don't get a we don't we don't get yeah. another check. By the the by election day, that's just the final nail in the coffin for this presidency. I think it's that. Yeah, it. yeah. It, I th- and and you know what? The thing is, uh, because Nancy Pelosi knows that she's never going to let it happen. So, bitch. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> but she, I mean, the reason proposing that we have it separated out is because that's the juiciest part. That's the one that everybody actually wants. But I I, I wonder I wonder like what how, what Trump's going right? to do after he like. After he finds out he lost, but he still has until January. We're going to have a terrible three months where nothing happens and many people suffer. Uh, That may be a point where if there's a real sort of uh, instability, it will be then. If there's a revolutionary instability, that will be the time it starts. So everybody... Keep your eyes open. It's well, I mean, coming. I mean, we're we're like November third is going to be a bad day, no matter what. I mean, like who who, who despite whoever wins, if Trump yeah, wins, exactly, like the 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 Democrats are going to go out on the streets. There's going to be like more you know riots and shit and all that. And if Biden wins, I mean, Trump's going to call it a hoax, and then his 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 militias are going. It, it's just going to be a mess, you know, either way. But like we, we we'll ride it out. But, you know, if, if they actually separate out just the stimulus for the American people, that is going to pass. And that is yeah. going to be another, a real, you know, something to chalk up on his scoreboard of things that were right. actually accomplished. And, and, and I mean, if, 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 if Biden... ...about him was that they got two checks from President Trump this during his um, during his presidency. Yeah. Everything wow. else would be a wash, you know? Right, and right. And if, if, if Biden... How important the universal basic income is going to become if the public opinion has shifted so far that it would be the one thing that passes, right? Right. But but like if, if any one of these candidates who was endorsed by Humanity First wins on the third of November, I mean that's going to be like a game changer. I swear, if David Kim wins, he'll be like ten times better than AOC just off the bat, just 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 like that because conservatives can come behind this no means testing bullshit and enjoy it like a lot because because that that that's why like as as conservatives they love the idea of no means testing so i mean like like just imagine like an aoc who also has like some conservative backing as well that that can they can get along with and how powerful that that can change the game 
because 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 then then they can't like divide that so easily when you know these humanity first candidates are in there because they they know about like means testing and money and business and all that stuff so it's like it'll it'll lessen the division between you know conservatives and liberals i think that's good yeah (laughs) so do you think pelosi so the problem is we can't get pelosi to separate and it has to start there and then if it can if if and this is what scott santons really wants to happen and I think that that would be the correct um, answer to this. You know, yeah. can, then Congress could actually get something done. And the rest they can argue about as long as they And then, you cut yeah, out there for a second. Then, to clarify, you're saying Nancy Pelosi needs to separate the stimulus for the individual people, the $1,200 check, from the rest of the package. Right. That is, that is right. correct. Yeah, that yeah, actually yeah. Would be very good. That would be a good solution for human beings all around our, in the entire country. And, and um yeah. Yeah. We could have a more positive opinion. Oh, Katie is here, but she's in the other voice channel. I'm going to hop over there. Excuse me. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know why she entered the idol channel, like by intent. All right. They don't, they probably don't know about uh, the thing. It's their first time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's like, see two voice channels. One is titled The Round Table. <laughs> the other's titled I Idol. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> idol, Idol D, eh? Yeah. There we go. Oh, there we go. We may have our guest joining us. Yes, yes. Katie has made it. Katie, Katie welcome. Sunny. Oh. Say your name correctly. Hey, it's uh, Katie Sini. Katie Sini. She is actually show. someone I also met on my epic road trip. By the way, guys, like epic road trip. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so, I'm in uh, Corsair, Arizona, is where I uh, landed uh, last night. So that's where we're at. Okay. Oh, okay. Is that uh, diff- are you are you nomadic like our um, like our Faye? Uh, yep, I uh, live on the road. Uh, home is where the van is parked. You know, I feel you there, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. I think you have a lot that uh, the world needs to hear. Ah, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Does uh, Does oh, anyone want to turn their camera on? Because we are streaming to YouTube and Twitch. So anyone who could put their camera on, that would be great. Not that's okay. <laughs> but it's optional. But it's optional. Yes. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we accidentally turned ours off. <laughs> Katie, um, uh, both of us are named Faye. Faye. I know we've met Faye Doni before. And I'm Faye Koo. <laughs> oh, well, very she nice she was on her way out to see me when she met you. Gotcha. Yeah, she mentioned she was out there to see a friend. Oh, that's cool. I'm glad you made it. <laughs> Yeah, made it all fine. Um, so uh, I kind of mentioned a few things that I would love you to share about. And uh, one of the first things I would like you to talk about is your recent experience during the pandemic uh, entering a uh, um, the criminal uh, or the jail. You went to jail. <laughs> it was <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Criminal justice system. Yeah, so um, basically what happened is um, I have a buddy in Colorado that let me borrow their vehicle, um, and they hadn't been making the payments on it and decided that the best route for them was to let me use the vehicle and then report it stolen so that the insurance company would cover the cost of the vehicle so that he could get himself a new one. 
So my friend let me borrow the vehicle and uh, we made it to Santa Rosa, New Mexico and decided to take a little nappy nap. And we're woken up to a couple guns pointed at us and police officers yelling at us to uh, get out of, you know, put our hands up and, you know, they directed us out of the vehicle and put me in the back of the police car um, and informed me that the vehicle was reported as stolen. Now, I did kind of cover my bases and I got um, a picture of my friend's ID and copies of his insurance and stuff like that so that if he did, um, you know, we get pulled over or anything, I did have all the correct paperwork and stuff. So, you know, I did my part there. Unfortunately, that wasn't something um, the police were interested in seeing as the vehicle was reported stolen. Um, report, uh, stolen vehicles are a felony, so that's why the um, guns were drawn, is because uh, it's a felony stop. So they go ahead and, um, you know, pull their firearms. Um, once we got actually into the jail, it was absolutely, like... It, it, it was terrible. I have never been to jail before. I have a clean record. Um, I don't have any sort of, you know, prior charges or anything. Um, so, it, you know, I don't really have any experience with the jail whatsoever. You know, so I was very kind and polite. You know, like I said, I hadn't done anything wrong. It just seemed to be a situation where, you know, I was being taken advantage of. So, you know, I just explained it to them. And, um, you know, once once they got me into the jail, with it being COVID, um, Everyone was quarantined, so I was put in a cell by myself um, for about seven and a half days. Um, How was it the, to, be, to be incarcerated on, like, in solitary, basically, immediately? Yeah, I mean, for somebody that is constantly moving, I love to meet new people, obviously, you know, I... I was I mean it was absolutely appalling. It was not not fun. Aside from you know being alone, um, you know this is a Santa Rosa um, doesn't have a female facility, so they actually wound up taking me an hour away from the city that I got picked up in to Tucumcari, um, New Mexico, um, and in Tucumcari that. Uh, facility is a privately owned facility, which means that um, the government pays for more people to to be. You know, the more bodies there are in this jail, the better. So, you know, of course, they want to keep you as long as possible. Um, well, they actually have so contracts where they where they um, they require that the government gives them a certain number of prisoners so that they're always at capacity. They're not yep. full, but they have to be at a certain capacity or uh, the government is failing their contract. Yep. And uh, I uh, I was one of those bodies that I had in there. And it being um, a private one, you'd think that it, it might be better than something run by the government. Um, but the facility itself... Um, was absolutely filthy. Um, the first room they put me in, there was um, like an inch of grime on the walls. I mean, just filthy, filthy. Um, and the second room that they put me in, what's that now? What state were you in? 
Um, that was in New Mexico. I was in, uh, I got um, arrested in Santa Rosa, New Mexico, and they transported me to Tucumcari, New Mexico. Yeah, so new, so this is a New Mexico state facility, even though it is a private prison, a private jail. Yeah, right. Um, but it, I mean, the, the second room they put me in actually had like feces on the wall. I mean, it was filthy. And, and this was a pre-trial facility. Like you haven't had your trial or anything yet. You've just been brought in. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, I hadn't seen um, the judge or anything like that. They brought me in um, and they stuck me in a room all of myself to wait to see the judge. So at this point you had been arrested, but you, you uh-huh. nobody even knows that you're guilty because, and in fact you're not because you had been tricked into doing this, this thing. Correct. Yep. Yeah, I had been um, I had been arrested and I had been charged, um, but I had not been convicted yet. And um, sorry, I'm interrupting you. It's okay. No, you're good. You're good. But yeah, I mean, it was it was terrible. Aside from the absolutely filthy conditions, um, something that really I thought was interesting was all of the COs, the, the correctional officers. You know, anytime I would ask them any sort of questions about how any of this works because again I hadn't ever been to jail before um you know none of them could ever answer any questions they didn't have any sort of knowledge whatsoever how any of it works everything was well let me see if I can find out I don't really know you know that was the answer that I got to almost every single question was I don't really know so, so like, it sounds like there's a high turnover rate and also that, like, they just didn't even care about the job or know what they were doing. And so they're not even recognizing when they're doing something that might not even uh, be right, I guess. I don't know how else to put that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, um, they were all relatively new. You know what I mean? All the COs were relatively new, so they didn't have much of uh you know the the foundation of knowledge that they had to 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 build on seemed very low and it didn't seem like they were building much anyways i mean they literally were just coming in and giving me food and leaving you know what i mean so anytime i had any sort of questions um or anything like that you know there was um it, it was like they're they were being asked to to do something terribly difficult, you know. When I was just like, "Hey, so when I see the judge, what's what's going to happen? What is what is a bond hearing? How does bond work? Like, what is this stuff?" You know, none of them knew anything. Um, and and I think, I think that it's true that most people in our country really don't know how the justice system works. Just like we don't actually know how politics works until we've actually really you know gotten our hands you know into the, you know, until we've landed into the situation where we have to deal with it. Like, this is not something we're taught in school. This is not something that people, you know, talk about. It's, you know, people keep it quiet. Same thing with divorces. That's something that it's a situation that involves court systems. We don't understand that until we've actually started a process. Right. And that's why struggling to learn as quickly as they can. Here's the thing, like, some people, like, internalize the systematic failures of this disgusting system that we're living under and Mm -hmm. and and once it's internalized they feel like they deserve like the pain and the anguish and like the bullshit that the system puts them through so they don't want to come forward with their stories 
And uh, there's no way right. to be a whistleblower either. Right. Used, right. It used to be very. Um, it, it's even more traumatic in the past because fewer people were going through it. And so when it was like just you out of a hundred people who was going through a divorce, or just you, you know, that had been ever incarcerated, then you feel severe shame, right? right. But nowadays it's almost ridiculous. Like we have, you know, like these little internet polls that go around, how many of these things have you done? And how many people have landed in jail at some point because of, you know, something they did and it just right. uh, pulled, pulled them into jail. But, but it's, it's, getting, it's not only yeah. that, it's this, it's this disgusting, toxic narrative of this country actually being free and being a meritocracy, which, you know, over the years I've come to realize it's a complete freaking lie. It's a, it's a load of crap. I mean, like, we're not a meritocracy. We don't have freedom because, um, because if you, if you don't like, you know, you know, do what you're told by, you know, that it, it's, it's not like the kind of, Thing where they take away your freedom by just like killing you or throwing you in prison they take away your freedom by using poverty as a uh as a weapon so, so oh, for it's, sure. it's, it's it's like they they, they they although they can't just take you to jail and can't just like you know kill you they can they can take all the oxygen in the room away from you that's what they do because then you're not going to get hired and you're not you're you're, you're going to be like blackballed from Good employment metaphor. And and if and if employment is your only means of like survival, and then it's just like pure poverty, then that's the way that they silence people and they control people, not through you know you know insta kill, but through like killing you slowly, you know, damage over time. Yeah, thoughts right. Exactly. Insta kill. <laughs> well, well, Katie, Katie, you've seen a lot of the. Uh the shady side of a lot of like the country because you've been traveling and having to deal with a lot uh, on, you know, just a personal level. Uh, do you want to talk about some of the stuff you've seen that's been sketchy behavior? Like, um, Oh God. I mean, one, one thing I did want to touch back on um, real quick is um, that um, facility being privatized. Um, private facilities actually pay their COs less. Um, than what a government facility would. And I think that kind of ties into a lot of it being like the COs don't make enough money to support themselves. And so when they come to work, they're coming to a job that, you know, typically involves a lot of people that have broke the law and, you know, are kind of, um, you know, more aggressive, you know, things like that, you know, are career criminals and stuff. And they get to deal with these people that sometimes might not be as fun. And then they're barely making enough money to survive. And I think that really impacts how, like, the experience that I had with the, all of the CEOs not knowing and not caring. It's because they're not being paid, you know, a correct amount, you know, how long were to you, care about their job. Yeah, how long were you actually there before you were able to leave? Um, I was there for uh, seven and a half days, I think is what it worked out to. So in seven and a half days, you learned a lot. But I was um, actually incarcerated at some point for um, 11 months at a federal facility, which oh I've heard God. is a much better uh, quality of, um, you know, yeah. how they run and everything. But at the same yeah. time, it's a lot longer period. So it's yeah. um, once you get in, it's hard to get out. But uh, they basically the the um, what I got to see was they have a system where they systematically make it so the COs cannot care about you. They literally move them from uh, from one facility to another, so they can't develop relationships with the with right. the um, prisoners. 
And they don't want you to get to know them well. They don't want you to know what their schedule will be. They don't want you to expect them to come back. And the yep. same thing, for, you know, they're constantly trying to find ways by uh, using the using the how they run the system, right? They change the rules so that you can't have human relationships. Yep. So you know, in the general population, so you got to, you know, socialize and, you know, be out of yourself with it being the COVID and me being under a quarantine for COVID, I was mm-hmm. locked in a cell every single, the only time that I got to leave was just to take a shower. So 24 yeah. hours, just about, you know, 23 right. hours well, and 45 minutes of the day, I, I was mean, in myself by myself. The, 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 the inhumanity is like baked into our system. Yeah. It, it's so gross. And, and it doesn't even equate to like what the crime is, right? The amount of, uh, unethical treatment you get does not match up to the crime that you did right like you shouldn't have been innocent yeah well you were innocent exactly that's the thing is is we're missing the the big picture here which is that she hadn't been declared guilty and therefore this whole idea that you're guilt you're innocent until proven guilty is just not true in our system you are guilty until you prove yourself innocent because exactly. if you are incarcerated and you're not given the chance for, to set bail immediately, and I was not because they said, oh, well, you'll just leave again. <laughs> so <laughs> they were like, she knows how to leave the country. We're not going to let her out of the jail, you know, um, because for the jail system, the worst crime that you can commit is not even killing a man. Okay. Killing someone is on par with the crime of actually escaping so escaping the jail system or escaping is considered at least as, as right. awful as killing it's, someone. It's it's, the, it's, on the most severe scale. Yeah. This country is so fucking bad that when it comes to, like, punishing people, we're really good at it. We're really efficient. And, like, <laughs> we're really good at it. When it comes to helping people, when it comes to doing something good for people, something that will lift them up, that's where the incompetencies in the system are. That's that yeah. that that's when the system is incompetent. It's like it should be the other way around. What's Asshole. what's interesting with that I'm is I'm gonna point um, out that you know, when I was go ahead. You were gonna say when something. I, yeah, up. what I was gonna say I was um, talking. I whenever I went into the um jail, you talk about helping people versus hurting people. Um one, I was innocent, you know, I hadn't committed the crime that I was being charged with. Um, and, and, and I'm a drug user. So when I went into that jail, I was in a room all by myself going through pretty severe withdrawals and there was absolutely nothing that anyone would do as far as helping me. Um, I actually was like, I I was throwing up so bad that I like went like, I kind of like blacked out for a second and I hit my head and I was given five Tylenols and a Benadryl and told to go lay down. That will kill you. After hitting my head. Yeah, after hitting my head, like, hard enough to, like, yeah, like, I I don't think I had a full concussion, but that's what I was told to do. That's disgusting. That's just, like, we don't have a country. We gotta do something. We can't. I mean, Joe Biden is the architect of the private prison system, and he's the one who's supposed to save us from Donald Trump, who is Donald Trump. We don't don't have a country. We have a network of corrupt, wrinkled up assholes making disgusting laws. I feel like we don't have a country. It's like, you know, uh, I think when I was playing Payday, what was it? Someone said, like, Faye, I think you asked, are you worried about the possibility of revolution? Not at all. 
I have no interest in preserving what we do in the, as a country. We're we're just bad. <laughs> All right. You know? So so Katie, um, when when the other thing that I wanted to point out is that what they did to you in those seven days is considered the punishment for people who are already being punished, right? Putting somebody in solitary is the worst punishment that they have for you um, in, in jail. So even when you do something bad in jail, they still want to give you extra punishment, right? To prevent you from doing right. the things they don't want you to do. What else can they do but but uh, lock you down harder? So locking you, you know, not having someone in the room means that when you were throwing up, who was there to notice if uh, something got stuck in you and you couldn't breathe? Right. Yep. You could have you could have had something uh, awful happen to you because there's nobody in the room with you. And that's yep. actually the number one reason why they, they don't put people alone is because they are afraid of suicides. Right. Why yeah, would you put Jeffrey Epstein in the room by himself? Obviously, right. that was like that's what everybody knows in, a, in the jail. Yeah. If you're put alone in a room, yeah. you have yeah. suicide. They checked, on us, they checked on us once every four or five hours. You know what I mean? So like I didn't get to like even see a human but once every four or five hours you know right and that and messes so with you did, we done tests where they like were like okay i'm gonna sit yeah, in the room and, do and, and, not, and they lost quickly very quickly and, and you know you know you know what's sad like i'm talking to people in these pms in these private chats who are going through like hell on earth but they're like so you, you would you would never recognize that with the stuff that they put out to the public. They put out to the public that they're having a good time and they're just fun. It's like there are people who rather save face than to save their lives. Like like their public image matters to them so much in creating this yeah. facade on social media than but what their actual lives are is like contemplating suicide. It's right. it's crazy. Did you have like a clock or anything in your room or that was something I was going to mention too. Um, there was no way to see what time it was. Um, they also no window, light nothing. On, no windows. I couldn't see the sun. Um, and I'm a big hippie, so like I couldn't see the sun or the moon for seven days. Like that was traumatic. I didn't know what time of day it was. The only the only way I really knew kind of what time it was is I knew that at about six o'clock they'd feed me, and then I knew six hours later they'd feed me again, and then six hours later they'd feed me again, and then twelve hours later they'd feed me again. So there was no way for me to know what time it was. Um, you know, there I didn't even know what day it was for a little while. You know, and I was like, man, you know, there and the lights they keep the lights on. Um, you know, when I was in the, the the second room I was in, they had the the all of the lights on the whole twenty four hours all day every day. The lights were on, and the, so, like, the, the wireless system. Yeah, uh, this is a system created by humans. So a lot of humans are in on this. The entire prison system, right, knows that this is what's happening to people, and they're all complicit. And we are complicit yep. because we know that these jails exist, and we don't do anything about it when we're out here. Yep. And then, I'm and then glad the- to have a, an opportunity to talk about it because, you know, like I said, it's my first experience, and, you know, maybe it was worse because of COVID or, or you know, whatever. But the fact of the matter is their little handbook they gave me, you know, the first sentence was, here at uh, Tucum Perry, you know, jail system, we strive to hold all of our inmates in a humane, safe way. And I'm like, okay, no, you're not. <laughs> what a bunch of propaganda. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's just like, a lot of, yes. like it's like all of the spelling errors that they had. The, the <sighs> document was five years old and they had spelling errors in it that my, you know, the, the second grader could have pointed out. You know, I just thought, 
you know, there oh is just so, yeah, like, it is just so obvious. Instantly dehumanized by that. Care. And yeah. what do you do? Again, Joe Biden authored the, the crime bill that created private prisons in this country. So it's like, why? He's supposed to save us from Donald Trump. Who is Donald Trump? What does one do? What does one do? We can't yeah. vote for Biden, that's for sure. Like, he's responsible for this. He, it's his fault Whoa. that this happened. He's he's a worse monster than anything I can think of. Yeah, private well, private facilities like that, honestly, if you ask me, are one of the worst things that's happened in this country. And that was my opinion prior to going to one of them. Now that I've actually spent a week in a in a private facility like Biden that, Biden should be in prison. By by the way, did did they confiscate oh. everything from you, like your your phone and stuff? Um. So when I got out of the truck, you know, it was um. You know, again, I was sleeping, and I got guns pointed at me straight out of being woken up. So I didn't actually really grab anything um out of the vehicle. They had guns on me, and I just had my hands up and stepped out, and they took me to jail. Um, oh. one of the police officers did get my phone out of the truck and, and brought it with um, them because they realized what was going on. They just, they didn't have an option to just set me free and let me go, um, you know, because of the, you know, it being reported stolen and so on and so forth. Um, so mm-hmm. the police officers that picked me up were pretty helpful, but when I got to the jail, they did, um, you know, they took my phone, they took all of the body jewelry that I wear, um, you know, so they didn't they didn't keep anything from me, um, but they did, you know, take the things that I had. Um, I did get them back, though. So, But okay. did you did you feel like um, a lot of things happened to you that you had never even thought about before that that, ha- you know, you'd never considered that these things are happening in jail as a average citizen who has never been to jail, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was it was absolutely shocking to, it's like to one shot be- after another. Yeah, just to, just to be treated like that. I mean, and again, I hadn't been convicted of a crime. So at that point, I was innocent until proven guilty. But I was still treated and spoke to like someone who had, you know, committed a serious crime. Or They you don't know, they don't know what you did and they don't care, right? And, yeah, and yeah exactly. No, nobody, you know. nobody goes in there and says, yeah, I, I really did that thing. Everyone's, well, you know, it was, you know... Nobody goes in and admits that. We will that assume guilty. the position of, of yeah. having been done all of those things, and we will treat you like uh, some sort of uh, uh, chattel. But, but, but that they stamped federal property on me when I got in. You know, yep. I became federal property. I was chattel. Yeah, you're, you're you're part of the paycheck that they get. You're no longer you're no longer human. You're just property of this system. So while I've been on the road though, I've had lots of conversations with people who have been locked up, um, like with no crime, right. And they, they were accused of something from somebody else. And sometimes that's just an angry ex, right. Um, and, and, and and then they are stuck with all this punishment and then they're paying all these fines and stuff afterwards. They have to like, make sure they mind their P's and Q's, yet they didn't do anything. And now the system's getting money from them monthly because they have to pay for it, right? And, yeah. and the, they didn't do anything. Like, it just... Well, I think, I, think, I think that the, that the schools kind of, like, prepare people to be docile like that, to just think, like, like, I see schools as prisons. And I don't know, like, like, I, like, like I heard from someone when I was working, it's like, after, like, all these, like, factories shut down and like after all these job opportunities went away the the state just created like a whole bunch of prisons and it's like why would they do that 
Yeah. We're going to put all the people that are no longer of any to us other than yeah. to become prisoners. Yes. Right, right. The pieces of shit. of our population in prison. Like, we have so many people that are, you know, incarcerated. I mean, it is it is absolutely crazy. I mean, if they, if they took the people that Land were incarcerated and actually would, like, instead of just sticking them in a cell and, and letting them kind of fester, if we would actually use incarceration as a form of like actually reforming people because i do think that some people do need to go to jail and some people you know have committed crimes that are you know very bad to society and those people do need to go spend some time and think about what they've done and sit in time out but while they're in that time out while they're incarcerated instead of being able to socialize with other criminals and and be able to you know just get worse like these facilities should really be helping reform people, educate people, you know, make sure that, that mental health and, and, you know, drug addiction, like if you go into a jail with drug addiction and mental health issues, like what I did, like they did the worst possible thing for me, you know, they put me alone and, and, you know, didn't watch me, you know, they didn't help with anything. You know, when I mentioned that, you know, I was going through withdrawals and I, you know, needed some sort of help. They said, okay, cool, we'll, uh, we'll get you some, some paperwork to see if we can get you something. Uh, and that was the, my bunkie, the first night that I... I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, I was going to say that when I, was, uh, when, I, when I went into jail, if I didn't have my bunkie on the first night of, you know, the, the, the federal prison system, um, I wouldn't have had like, you know, I wouldn't have even known when I was supposed to stand up, when I was supposed to do this or do that. You know, she basically yeah. guided me through the whole thing. Um, in the first jail that I went to was a little county jail. And uh, I had a, I had a, a you know, a, a glimpse into what it would be like if I was in a system that wasn't, you know, funded well and had a really, uh, you know, I basically never changed my clothes for four to five days. And if I wanted to clean my clothes, I would have to take my clothes into the shower and basically wash them in the shower and wear them wet until it was done, you know, getting dry. So, you know, all I watched were panties for four, for four, for the four days that I was there, you know, came in and out with the same, you know, so it was really, it's really, um, it's dehumanizing. It's something that you can only really understand until, uh, when you've really gone through this, gone through it, or you sit down with a friend like you, um, Katie, and just, you know, hear it from first person like this. So yeah. I, we really appreciate you coming and being so open and willing to share your own life with us. Because, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so many people in the world, um, really good people, I think really good people in the United States especially, believe mm -hmm. that we have professionals, you know, who know how to handle prison and who know how to do CPS and who know how to, you know, we have professionals who handle that. And the professionals that are handling it are cruel and and awful and not being paid well and, um, you know, and are making a mess and destroying our society one person at a time. Because when you were affected, who else, um, who else cared about you was outside thinking about you during that time? Um, I mean, I had my boyfriend that was, you know, he was locked up as well. And, you know, we aren't allowed to talk to each other because we're co-defendants. So even when I was able to get out, I couldn't get him out because we were co-defendants. Wow. Oh, can also tell tell his story a little bit. His is pretty messed up too, actually. Could you oh, share that? Yeah. 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 He, 
yeah, he wound up, um, we both got locked up at the same time. Um, I didn't have, again, I had a per- perfectly clean record. Um, so they wound up setting me a very high bail at first. And then when they did my second court date, um, they looked at it and said, oh, well, she's actually never done anything wrong. And um, it looks like this is what's going on, you know, because I had let them know, like, hey, I have all the paperwork. Like, um, So they actually wound up letting me out. And um, he had um, prior charges, so they had set his bail a little bit higher. So once I got out, and um, I actually, because we are, you know, traveling and stuff like that, I couldn't go get him out because we're co-defendants. So I actually, um, he he had someone that was in jail with him that contacted their parents. Their parents contacted me, and um, they actually got him out um but me i gave them the money and they went in and actually did the paperwork since i wasn't allowed to um which was phenomenal it was really awesome we were able to to, to do that um but once he got out and we paid his um 500 bail um they set him a court date so he got out on a thursday and they set him a court date for monday when we went to um court it's all digital um, so he wound up going, um, to the actual magistrate court to sit there, um, just because he wanted to make sure to like have everything right, just in case the digital thing didn't work. You know, he had poor cell phone service in the middle of the desert. So he went there, he did the court, um, thing and they said, okay, they dropped the charges for the vehicle. Um, but because he didn't have an ID, um, and they had actually written his date of birth down wrong. Um, he was charged with concealing identity. So because they messed up his day of birth and because he didn't have an ID, he was given this misdemeanor charge. Um, and because of that, he was given a drug test. So, so which of you were driving? I mean, you weren't both driving when, when they, I, I mean, they were sleeping. They were sleeping. I was in the, yeah, I was in the driver's seat. So uh, he has a driver's license. Like, his license is good, but he just doesn't actually have, like, a physical photo ID copy of it to show them. But he does have, like, a, like a valid driver's All he was doing was being in the car sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yep. he, he ended up with more charges than you did because of mm-hmm. the lack of ID. And, well, well, so my, my date of birth, my date of birth is 10-26-90, and his is 10-2-90. So they wrote down 10-6-90 for his. Um, so they kind of, like, got the got the dates of birth mixed up and because of that he was charged yeah. with concealing identity so because they weren't listening to us and they wrote our date of birth wrong he got a misdemeanor charge because of that misdemeanor charge he was given a drug test which you know again we we do use drugs and he failed because you know we were only in jail for a week and you know some drugs take longer than that to get out of your system um anyways you know he failed that drug test and they wound up taking him back to jail um, so he went back to jail for another week and a half. Was he 10, violating you know, something by, by he having was violating, Yeah, he was violating his um, terms of release for the charges that had been dropped. So they dropped the charges and then drug tested him anyways. That's just ridiculous, right? He's not mm-hmm. on parole. He's not on probation. He's nope. not on anything. Nope. But for being for being sent out of jail, he has to drug test. Or he gets to go back to jail. Wow, that's like a yep. whole new um, and a, a whole new but, thing. This is why you when you're in jail, there's this whole uh, prison lingo type of thing that you learn very quickly once you go in. But um, they don't talk about they don't talk about somebody committing crimes. We talk about whether you've been violated. 
Okay. Yeah. And that means when you've been violated, it means the police have found something with which to charge you again to get you back in. All right. And so you could just be doing anything, just normal things that normal people do. But the police find, you know, figure figure out some way to get you back in jail right? if you've been violated. Yep. <laughs> you're like, okay. Yeah. And so we, we pay $500 for him to get out of jail, for him to go back to jail a couple of days later. For you catch a new case like you catch failed. a new virus or a cold. You just catch the yeah. case. It just it just happens around you and you catch it because you're sitting next to the, your girlfriend who happened to be, you know, in a car yeah. that, she, that was uh, not paid for. You know, there was some yeah. money that didn't exchange hands. So you yep. caught it's this case. Insane. Yeah, you caught a case like you catch colds. Yeah, right. no, it's absolutely mm-hmm. insane. I mean, and, and again, for somebody that's never really had much to do with any sort of like jail systems or anything like that, it, it was just shocking to me to see that like um, nobody could like nobody could answer my questions. Like you guys do this every day. You understand like these there. You should understand how these things work. And, and, and you, you don't, and I don't do this every day. You're using these lingos around me that I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what the difference between bail and bond is. Like, are they different or the same? I still don't even know. Like, it it was just so shocking to me that these people that do this every day couldn't provide me any sort of answers and didn't even care that they couldn't. But the thing is, what you're saying is that this is what's happening is that, uh, those people are trained just to do this one job. They really don't know what is happening outside because uh, the, the way that you get information is from other prisoners, right? Other people who are going through your situation. Mm-hmm. The other people who are trained to, to look out after you in the jail or trained to do something, they only know their one job. They right. know they show up there and then they leave. And they, are not, they, they don't learn about the rest of the system. They don't know either about jail or... They don't understand the differences between this this facility and another mm-hmm. facility or anything else that you're going to have to go through during your your court case. So yeah, no, it was absolutely crazy. It, it was it was you know I was expecting to go in here and you know be able to talk to one of the officers and kind of like hey you know this is my situation um, you know how does this work and and everyone that I asked that they're like well I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that they're was not paid to know. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to train them on it, and they know nothing. Yep. They don't need to know, and they don't want them to have any relationship with you or start caring about you because they gave you some advice or they talked to you about anything. Mm-hmm. That's it's. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, we, we talk. We talk about people falling through the cracks. People aren't falling through cracks. People are falling through Grand Canyons. I mean, yeah. like we we don't the, the the cracks in this country have just become canyons. That's, and we that's, created them. Like, yeah. we deliberately made them. It's not... So there's another... I had a lady who was in... She was also from Taiwan, so we had this um, more, you know, of a relationship together. Um, but she was talking about her uh, jail, uh, jail experience as being sort of like, let me just imagine that it's a natural disaster, like a tornado that's happened to me or a hurricane that's happened to me. And then I can deal with it emotionally, you know, like I, I can't, if I spend all my time being angry and I blame the system, I blame people, then it, I'm going to have a much harder time of it. So she just imagined that it was some sort of natural disaster, but it isn't a natural disaster because human yeah. beings created it's preventable. We totally can change this. So now that we're out here, you know, in the world, we want to, you know, let people know what's happening 
before they get caught up in the system, right? Wow. When they and also the, the thing it. is, is that, is that like, if you, like some, like Jacqueline said, if, if you see how they treat the least of these, then you know mm-hmm. exactly how they treat you. And it's like anyone can end up at the least of these at any time, not knowing, you know, what it is. So even, even if you are like happy and you're, maybe you're, you live in a mansion and everything's fine and you have like a few butlers, one thing can just turn that whole thing around. And, and, and it's, and, and the thing is, it's like, you, you wouldn't want to, to like be in the positions that some people were in before. So it's like, there's two ways to deal with it. Either it's going to happen to you and you're dealing with it, or you want to get in front of the problem before it happens. And no one's looking at that. No one's looking at like, hey, hang on a second. Let's be proactive. Let's get in front of these things before they start getting out of control. Everyone just wants to deal with them, you know, until the last minute. So yeah. that's the thing is that we've reached critical mass. We've brought in so many people who are innocent. We've brought in so many families, you know, uh, everybody's in their family knows somebody who's gone to jail now. Like the more people are involved in getting um, brought into the system and learn about the cruelty of it, the more people are, are going to care and want to vote against, you know, doing more of the same. And I want to add something. They want to make change. Yeah. I want to add something, though. If you have a criminal record, uh, one, you get treated differently uh, by people who've never had a record, right? Um, you know, maybe maybe we talk about, oh, people from Mexico, they've got records and they're coming into our country and it's for these terrible, terrible things. Maybe that's your, like, friend, too. Like, maybe they've had something exactly the same, but, you know, you're best friends with them and, and you're judging them. But then, and, and maybe they were falsely accused, right? Maybe they're just thrown in jail. But then you add on top of that, just like... Um, uh, you can't go to other countries once you have a record, right? So now you're stuck here, and then and then you you uh, your whole life is like turned upside down. I had a partner who had gone to prison, and uh, he ended up like it was so devastating because we couldn't travel internationally. You know, like I couldn't go to yeah. certain countries with him because he now has a record. Yet he that was 15 years ago. He's not the same person he was 15 years ago, one year ago, one week ago. We change. We evolve, right? But no, these things follow us, even if we've improved our life. And then just, uh, and then it's emotional because, like, you can't take that back. You can't change the situation because they make it nearly impossible. You know, it's ridiculous. It's almost like uh, we're in that situation of it has to get worse before it gets better is where I'm thinking. Is it's gotten so worse? How much more worse, How can, much it worse get? can it get? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I, I think the United States is like a basket case among the developed nations. We are. That's how yeah. we elected you. They're to like, represent right. us. They're like, are you guys okay? Like all our friends in other countries that have like been on the podcast, they're all worried right. about. They're, they're just like all Americans. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're 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 being held hostage by these corrupt, disgusting. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's, 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 we really got to do, I like, I'm, I'm planning on voting, but like, we got to get more people involved in civics. There's no other way. We got, we got to just say like, look, we're tired. We're tired of this bullshit. It's like, and, and just, and just kind of like, I don't know, like, like, like the more, the more friends you, you have and tell them to like, not just vote, but to like get active, you know? Yeah. Um, so I want to actually, uh, Katie, you, you had mentioned a lot of like, 
corruption you have witnessed. Um, and I would love to hear more of that outside of the jail situation you went to. Um, you guys had mentioned a lot of different things that kind of was just like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, which uh, which story do you want to hear specifically? <laughs> you know, all of them. No. What are, What would you like to see change the most? Pick something like that, and then like maybe maybe something that bothers you the most. As as far as as far as the the jail situation specifically, or as far as oh, like no, the no. country as oh, holistically, the country because you have a lot of insights so, just being nomadic, and I would love to hear yeah. more about. And our podcast is um, about, we're focused on the universal basic income as a solution. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Um, she, she didn't talk about it. And um, the, the, um, the dollar bill, that's paper thing that has all of this value to me, like money in and of itself is so like, that's the most corrupt thing in our country, like in our world and our universe and everything. Um, but you know, the, private, some- the, whole, the whole point of privatizing the prison system, right, is to basically change the priority of the prison from, you know, the, the criminal justice aspect to just money. I mean, what else is a private yep. prison if not just let's focus only on the money and how much it costs? Dollar bills, yeah. And, so, and being someone that travels and stuff. Um, you know, and, and kind of associating with the people that I do when I do go out and travel, you know, we, we use a lot of the barter system, you know, if, if, you know, um, my, um, partner, he's, um, he has a lot of mechanic work. Um, you know, I do like jewelry wire wraps and stuff. So we use kind of like some of our skills and stuff for, for trade, you know what I mean? So the barter system is something that's really helped us out, but like, being dependent on this piece of paper that is in my wallet in order to do anything is just absolutely insane to know that the extreme like the the scale that there's people that are making so much money that there's not even enough space on the computer screen for the zeros that are in their bank account and then to have places in the world where there are people that are starving to death because they can't afford to eat is insane to me. Like the most corrupt thing is knowing that we have enough resources on this planet for everybody to live extremely comfortable. And for some reason, there is a select group that is extremely rich and has so much wealth that one person can't possibly enjoy it in their lifetime. Like they have so much wealth if they live to be 100 years old, they would still never be able to enjoy all of that wealth to themselves. And then on the other side of the street, literally, like in some places that I've been, there's mansions. And on the other side of the street, there's a bunch of, you know, homeless people sitting there, you know, it, literally looking across the street at the mansion. I mean, that to me is, is, is so perplexing to think that that, like, exists. In, in, in that way, you know, and it's all because of these little pieces of paper that we carry around, you know, or these yeah, little pieces of plastic that have digital money. It's insane. Oh, uh, you mentioned this one, like, uh, you told the story about the dollar that it's impossible to pay back. Do you want to? Yeah, you know, so the, yeah, yeah. So the, um, the Federal Reserve, which is, you know, again, a private company, when they lend out money, to America, you know, just easy numbers. If they lend us $100, then we have to pay back $110. Mm-hmm. 
well, they created X amount of money and gave it to us. That debt that we have to pay back plus interest, that interest money doesn't actually exist. It is impossible for us to ever be able to pay back that interest because that money was never made by the Federal Reserve. Like, that to me is pretty crazy, and no one really understands. Um, yeah, that, I love that. That's how that, that you actually works. understand <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah, Katie, a lot of people I mean, don't. That's something that, that um, I think uh, needs to be taught in schools, but we don't teach it that way. In fact, I have a Facebook group. Schools are a problem. Facebook? What's that? Do you ever use Facebook? Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, I would love to invite you to join my Facebook group. It's Please called do. the Structural... Yeah, it's called Structural Defects of Money, Women. It's uh, mm-hmm. a, a women's group, okay? Cool. And the reason is I feel like women tend to get shouted down whenever we start talking about finances or, or money. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of sort of, you know, things that we can actually get to talk about, I think, uh, if we felt very safe and comfortable in the group. And so uh, I made it, I started it out as a women's group. And uh, we talk exactly about uh, creating this sort of curriculum for people to really understand how money works. And it's not about personal finance, like how do you get out of your debt? No, it's yeah. not about business. You know, like it's about the how is money created? How is money regulated? You know, and what creates the money in our world? Because it's made up of rules. You know, money is not a real thing. It's a thing that human beings, right, um, mm-hmm. make up rules and then it creates the money. So yep. it's just like a video game. You know, you have, you can change the rules and then the money would work differently. So yeah. Yeah, and so I, think, that- I think money. I think money. Like I, I'm not 100 percent opposed to it. Like I said, I prefer the barter system. Um, but you know, I think money, if it were used as like more of a form of like, it, it didn't have all of this like debt and interest and all of this stuff too. If it was just simply a system to like, you know, keep track of, you know, what what your you know what your your value is. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, my trade is giving me this little bit, so I can you know exchange that value. But it's gotten so like thrown out of of whack, and it's not used like that. It's used to create the most amount of debt. So well, that's that the thing people don't interest. <laughs> well, well, that that's because we don't have a universal basic income. So the people with a lot of money are always preying on the desperation and vulnerability with the people who have less amount of money. So, yeah. so that like the the powerful are always using their negotiating power to as as a weapon on the on the people who who don't who hardly have but if we had a ubi and and people on the bottom could like gain a little bit of negotiating power so it's not like you either work for me or like your life is over if if that wasn't the the terms and 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 we always got the money replenished because as like a human right people deserve like a place to stay something to Mm -hmm. eat and uh, a place to rest their head then if that was just like like given as just like that without without having to worry about who am i going to get this money from then 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 their the the negotiating power at the ones on the tippy top would not be as much but but now you know we don't have that we don't and and that's why they don't want this universal basic income the thing is money has never actually meant value Except during barter, which is what you're used to doing on the road. Now, when yep. you barter something, you're bartering something of value. And the thing itself is valuable. But money itself was never that. Money was always an IOU. Yep. What is an IOU if not debt? 
An IOU was never of value. You, it's a chit for something that is valuable in the future. Someday I will give you something that is valuable, right? And right. that's what the paper is supposed to denote. The paper is not valuable. You're not even going to use it to write on, right? So, right. yeah, so that's the real issue is that people get confused because they they understand naturally the barter system, but they don't understand logically and mathematically and like figuratively all of the, what is the money? Money is debt. And yep. so to increase, to make our, uh, you, like our entire government and uh, system way of life is built on always increasing the, um, what do you call it? The GDP or the, the, what do you call that? The mm-hmm. gross domestic product, the gross domestic product, all that increases is the level of indebtedness in our society. And we call that progress. If you think about it, right? It's like the more money we have, the more I, I out there, the more debt yeah. we have that we're trading on debt. So and assigning interest people. to it too. Like that's that's what really hurts the most. I mean, if if you're taking out a loan, like obviously you're in a situation where you don't have as much money as what you need. And so you're gonna get yourself into a place where you you still have to come up with that money plus more. And I don't know, like, for instance, if you've ever, um, if you've ever, like, done, like, a title loan on your car, um, the interest rates on that, yeah, the interest rates on that, I mean, you get lent $1,000 and you wind up paying back about $4,500 at the end of it, you know? And that's what's happening to people that need help. That's what most people use in order to buy their car. They, they, you know, they get, they basically take a mortgage out on their car. So the car actually belongs to the bank while you're using it. And then they could just take Mm -hmm. it if you don't have the money, right? Exactly. I have people who are like, I was five days late on the thing and they repoed my car. Five days. Five days. Last payment too. Yep. And that's ridiculous. And then they have to pay to get it out of impound, right? So now they're taking even more money from this person that should have gone towards that bill. You know, it's just such a flawed system. And then, like, even just, like, buying things, though, like, people try to, like, one-up the price the next time it's sold. And then you one-up the price the next time it's sold. And so we're just making things more and more expensive because we want to get value out of what we just purchased, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just, like... We're only driving up the prices. Outside to play Definitely, yeah. So, it's 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 pretty insane. I mean, it, it you would think that it, just just attaching so much interest should be illegal. You know what I mean? It, you already have in in the case of the title loan specifically, you already have the the you know vehicle that you could pop, you know potentially be getting back. But to to get that much interest, I mean, it's 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 absolutely like it's just wild to to think that that's okay. And then you know, if you want to talk about the, um, you know, I use Bank of America. Bank of America took what seventy billion dollars in overdraft fees. I mean, that's seventy billion dollars worth of money that people did not have. Right, that it was for only poor people who who needed to to deal with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've let some of my banks go, uh, like because I didn't have the money, and the overdrafts put it negative. And I was like, "You guys yeah. made me overdraft, and then you're charging me for the overdraft that you made me yeah. overdraft." Like, and I was yeah. like, "I'm supposed to even have protections on it, right?" I'm like, "You're not supposed to let it go negative." Yeah. And I, then I they're the one coming. Yeah, I'm just I'm, too. I'm done and with you banks. Still get them. Yeah. I'm done with banks. I go to Venmo, PayPal, and Cash App because I am yeah. done with banks. And I, I found a free bank that doesn't have any fees that's digital online. And I only do that because 
there are a lot of systems that require a bank account, right? Yeah. Certain, like, I think PayPal requires you to have a bank account attached to it, you know? And it's just like, I think, um, a bank account, but they're screwing everybody. Cash app actually gives you a bank account number and a routing number nowadays. Um, so that's kind of a really nice loophole that they've done. Wait, what does cash app? And oh. so does PayPal. PayPal now has yep. what's called PayPal Cash, and they have basically a routing number and all that. So you can get, uh, you know. Direct money. deposit and stuff like that into it. Yeah, but I'm always yeah. concerned about that because then they want your uh, social security number, and then they want to <coughs> and then there's tax issues yep. and stuff that starts mm-hmm. coming. So yeah. I don't know. It's like scary how well-tracked we are these days, and yet we have so little control of money. Because we are not involved in the creating of the rules that make the money work, right? right? So, like, if you really wanted to tie money to value, then there would have to be money created every time you had a child, for example. Because that's a new valuable thing that has happened, right? Or every time you improve something. So, if I spend my time knitting, right, then there should be money created to represent my knitting, I just created, I just did something. So there should be a val- I should immediately have money for that. Right. And that's what would re- be required for money to actually be represent any kind of value. When something valuable happens in the world, money would be created, but that is not what happens. Money is only created if there's a debt incurred. So yep. uh, while we have that system, it's never going to, you know, we have to think, we have to turn our brain around to really think of it that way. Like we want to minimize the amount of debt in our society, not increase it. Doesn't so there sense. are things that have come out to help, um, like, or people are coming up with ideas right now, I should say, uh, uh, where um, I forget who it was. And uh, like, you know, I think it's okay that we talk about ideas because, you know, someone else isn't going to know your exact idea and it's just going to be a different version, maybe merged together. And anyway, so the idea is that each item that's made has value, right? And then um, like you can uh, take a picture. Maybe there's a, a number that goes to this. Like maybe if you were in a video game, this was like five, whatever, uh, you know, coins. And then, uh, you know, then when it transfers to someone else, you know, then that exchange, but it's each item and it would almost make bartering easier. But the question I asked them that they had an issue with, they're like, well, uh, uh, like what happens if, you know, uh, that energy that was used to create that thing, you know, is now at a thrift store. Right. So like, um, it, it would almost need to have a new amount attached to it because the value has changed. Right. Um, and then, th- so that becomes your new baseline, you know, that, um, cause then you can evolve it, you know, uh, maybe you bought like a box and then you spent time adding gems and stuff and you've added value. So that new added value plus the price of the box that you bought it for, you know, and so it would actually, generate better math for what's been created and then you can even figure out you know like comparatively what other people are paying for stuff you know so it's, a, it's yeah. really hard to account for all the value that it, that there is in the world because uh what's valuable to one person is not valuable to another person i, I was just about to say that yeah that that it, I might you know. think is valuable and and really really need you know if i'm on the side of the road with a blown out tire and i don't have a jack that Jack is going to be extremely valuable to me versus somebody who's, you know, in the middle of the ocean on a boat. They don't need a tire jack. It is a significantly lower value. You know, so value isn't something that's a standard across the board for a particular item or service. You know, 
value is something that fluctuates. And that's why the barter system works so much better. You know, I have something that you find particularly valuable that might not be as valuable to me right now, but you have something that I find extremely valuable that doesn't have as much value to you. You know, when you use a barter system like that, you both wind up with something that is extremely valuable to you in exchange for something that, you know, you didn't necessarily need as much. It had a lower value. But to the other person, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good value. You know, that's, that's why personally I like the, you know, using the barter system so much for goods and services. So in order to like make more complex transactions, though, that, re- that may require a lot of, you know, borrowing and stuff, right? So that's how we created money and capitalism and all this. To be able to, you know, build railroads that, you know, no single person could fund by themselves or to do something that's, you know, really vast project that requires the cooperation of a lot of people. But then at the same time, we we really uh, humans can't grasp the concepts of all this uh, money exchanging. I mean, I'm working with uh, students in mathematics. I'm a private tutor. And I've noticed at about love at about fourth grade is when most parents are no longer able to. Okay. <laughs> and that is a very low bar in our country. They're, they're no longer allowed to what now? I'm sorry. At about fourth grade is when the parents start feeling like they're no longer able to really help their children and they start sending them out for, you know, tutoring. They may start earlier, okay. but, you know, you generally, by fourth grade, most parents are like throwing their hands up in the air, like, okay, uh, we're going to have to get someone to help you with that, you know? So the mathematics level of our country is not very high of, of people in general. And yet we have to all deal with money. And then the amount of, you know, understanding of mathematics and just, you know, abstract concepts like how does money represent value or, or represent debt becomes uh, out of reach of most people in our country very quickly. And so, like, the way that we have things set up is so complicated that people can't understand it. I and mean, then and then add all the mental Maybe you've been traumatized and your, like, bandwidth is just gone. Maybe it's even triggering for some reason. You know, like, we, we don't, and if you're broke, you don't have money to even educate yourself on how to manage money, right? And so, like, we yeah. had a young guy, we could practice using money when we're, you know, younger, when our most receptive to learning things, you know. And yeah. then you could, like, go about life. But no, if everybody's broke, you're not going to have that opportunity. You know, if you live in a family that's highly involved with crime, they know how to do the jail system, no problem, right? What? You know, they right let's just use that right but but if you've never gone to jail you don't know the language right it's exactly that's money right like you don't know that language and and then Mm -hmm. it's like okay what's going on i feel like i'm getting fucked over everywhere well yeah even calculating a tip requires fractions and uh and percentages and at that point most people are already lost so we're we're talking about a nation that is constantly having to tip people but they don't know how to even calculate that sometimes they get a little app or something to do it for them. So what I'm, what I'm, what I'm actually talking about here again is to bring it back to the universal basic income is that's a really good way to easily tie the money back to value because we value human beings and we value freedom. And so the UBI is really evaluation of how much freedom should each person have in their life, right? If you think that people should have this much freedom to that, just choose a home choose what they eat, be able to eat, right? Have good health care, whatever. These are the things that we're really designing as a society. And um, the UBI should represent exactly how much is a basic, you know, freedom that everybody should have. We think that people don't have that kind of freedom, don't have a right to live, you know, and to have food and to have all these. That's a decision we made long ago, right? 
but we can change that decision and, and just and design a new society. I hope that we can. I hope we can too. Because the decisions have been pre-made for us and that's not how a democracy works. And I think I think confusion is a big part of keeping people powerless. Oh yeah, no, if, if people are dumb, then they can't do anything. And like when you talk about the the schools and stuff, I think schools are terrible, but education is is so so Great. important. And yeah. and children are not being educated in schools. They're being taught to sit down and They're shut being up. indoctrinated. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, there's exact. there's a difference between going to school and getting an education. Right. You know, I mean, they're, and, they're I not mean, the, the best same education anymore. I got was when I was traveling, I think. Oh that's, yeah, no, I've that's... I've learned more from from people and doing, you know, my own research and fact finding. Like I, you know, had to learn all that jail stuff by myself. You know, that mm-hmm. wasn't something I was taught in school. You know, I when I learned about money and, and you know economics in school. I wasn't taught how to do taxes. I I learned how to do that on my own, you know? Like, I had to educate myself after going to school, you know? Like, I didn't yeah. gain right. an education and, in and, school. And I learned not to, how to mention, like, all the, all the property taxes these schools collect to just not do anything for us. Yeah. What the well, hell? Well, funny that you mentioned that. My, um, my brother actually has um, an IEP. Which is a individual um, learning plan or education I have the plan. Same thing. Yeah. So when we were living in Oregon when I was younger, um, they actually did very well um, with him, and they they really did focus on making sure that he was, you know, getting the information that he needed to in order to, you know, learn. When we moved to um, South Carolina. Um, he was in the ninth grade and they, you know, carried his IEP over and they get funded by the government to have somebody in that school system that is familiar and enforces these IEPs and make sure that, you know, that individual is, you know, getting the education that, you know, they're supposed to be getting. When we moved to the South IEP, Carolina, the IEP yeah. stands for the individual education plan. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So that just means that, um, he, he has a little bit of ADHD, a little bit of Asperger's, just, just a little bit. So he doesn't retain information as quickly and in the same manner as everyone else. So in a classroom setting, um, you know, he, he wasn't really, the, it wasn't sticking, if you will. So his learning plan was, you know, to have someone there with him that, you know, if it wasn't sticking, they would make sure that they could explain it to him. You know, he, he's particularly visual. So, you know. When doing math instead of just numbers, they would write the number and then they would put dots on the paper. And so he could see that two plus two equals four because he can see two. You know what I mean? So that, you know, they would make sure that he was getting the information and learning correctly. When we moved to South Carolina, they put him in a special needs class, um, which he wasn't special needs. He was just IEP. So he would just, you know, take a little bit of extra time to, to you know, get the information. But he was still able to learn you know what I mean and he was put into a special needs class with children who are nonverbal, um you know children who you know were in wheelchairs and stuff like that and 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 that he, he wasn't learning he was given you know build the blocks in the ninth grade you know what I mean like and when my mother came and spoke to the school system the people that had um you know these IEP certifications didn't even understand anything about the IEP program 
you know, it was basically non-existent. So they're getting funded to have these people that are specialists in these IEPs to work with children who are not special needs. They just have, you know, a little bit different learning style. And they literally just stuck him in a special needs class. You know what I mean? And we're still collecting that government check. So not only is he not going to the normal classes, he's, you know, he's missing out on the normal classes to go sit in a classroom and play with blocks in the ninth grade. You know, you know, you, you say that. And to me, I'm just like, it's all money again. It all boils yep. back to how yep. much money can I exploit out of this poor person? You know, mm-hmm. like you, you, yeah, you qualify. Here you go. I want the money from the government. Or I want the money from the service, you know, and like, yep. I got all the money. And then the person is the one who's paying for it. Right. Yep. The person who's not getting the education, the person that is being, you know, exploited, it doesn't even know what's going on, maybe even. And it's just yeah. like such a cool He was just thing. like, yeah, he was just like, you know, he was just like, mom, why am I in this class? Like, I, you know, he, like I said, he is. He is, you know, able to, you know, talk in in a group setting. You wouldn't even know that he, you know, has these, you know, has um, the the Aspergers. You know, it's not, you know, he doesn't stand. He doesn't have any of that stuff. He just doesn't really pick up on subtleties as much. And his learning style is just a little bit different than other people's. You know, you know, he could still function in society just like normal. You know, he, he could he could have made it through high school. He would have struggled much more, you know, but he could have made it without that IEP. But with that IEP, like, it was a drastic difference. Like, when he was, you know, when we were in Oregon and they were actually, they had people that were actually, like, able to, to you know, help him through these IEPs and stuff. He was learning and he was understanding. He was grasping the concept and, and you know, and then when we moved over there, you know, they, they, they literally took his education away from him. Yeah. You wow. know, they, it was terrible. You know, you know, like there's this whole series on Netflix called Dirty Money and it's like so unbelievable and they take advantage of old people too. Like old people can like sign something that they don't know why they're signing and then someone becomes a conservator and has power of attorney. All their assets and everything they they own can just be like sold off by some greedy lawyer or judge who just like you know trick them and sign something. And, like, and that, there's no protection of like you know well this is fraud I need to like stop this now like you signed a legal contract well under what pretenses like did I know like you know and I had faith that you would not violate my my civil rights you know. Uh, but you just did, and oh therefore, like, now you're justifying it because you have a piece of paper, you know? No, yeah. you're being an asshole. <laughs> you know, you're, you know, you know yeah. I, I, read, I read something so hilarious. It said, if the United States saw what the United States was doing inside of the United States, it would send the United States to liberate itself from the United States. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> you know insane. it's like it's like why the hell are we sending armies into like foreign countries when I mean we should be sending armies against ourselves and all these corrupt people that we have in charge? Like you yeah. everyone in government. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so Katie, it was really fun to talk to you, and I wanted to um, find out: Would you like um, our listeners um, to be able to get in touch with you afterwards? The fact, um, do you yeah. want to learn about your, uh, you know? sort of uh, social yeah, media definitely. do anything like yeah. that? 
Um, yeah, my social media, um, you can pretty much search um, K-A-T-I-E-C-E-N-I. Um, and I'm pretty much under that handle um, on all my social media. Um, and then my email is just K-A-T-I-E-C-E-N-I at gmail.com. Um, if anyone wants to reach out and get in touch with me, have any questions or just want to discuss, uh, feel free to do that. I'm a... Uh, I literally just travel, um, so I'm pretty much available 24-7 to, to talk and, and um, you know, gripe with each other and, you know, educate so, if anyone has questions for sure. Yeah, do you use Instagram or Twitter or what do you, what do you prefer? Yeah. Instagram, yeah. Twitter, Facebook, um, any of those. And then uh, I, I check my email pretty regularly too, so... Um, any okay. any of those social medias? Yep, you can find me there. So I put that as a credit on our um, on our podcast today, and cool. um, we're coming up to about two hours, which is when we usually wrap up. So, do you have anything that you would like to like a final thought you'd like to? Yeah, sorry, we started um, a little earlier than you came on. Yeah, yeah, those those time zone thing kind of kind of kind of got the time me. When we have special guests, like none of us are on the right times. <laughs> but it's so yeah. easy to not see that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I need to like make more pre, like, you know, the, the day before, you know, or something. Confirm yeah. It. Yeah, confirmation. So. yeah, no, I am. Um, yeah. Uh, final thoughts really for me. Um, just uh, be careful out there, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't borrow cars from anybody. Um, and, and, and educate yourself, you know, educate yourself on money, educate yourself on how, you know, these systems work. Because when you get into a situation where you need that education, the people that are supposed to be helping you, like the CEOs in jail and these people that, you know, run these IEPs and, you know, the banks and stuff, it, those people are not on your side. You know, you need to educate yourself. You need to take that, you know, into your own hands and, and be prepared for these situations prior to, you know, that would be my biggest thing is, is learn how money works, you know, learn how these systems work. You know, learn how corrupt that they are so that you understand, you know, what you're getting yourself into, you know, when you do go to jail, when you do get a title loan, you know, when you do, you know, get an education from school, you know, like empower yourself because no one else is going to is going to provide you with any of that. You know, you know, when you talk about educate yourself about jail and stuff, in my mind, I'm just like. Man, that should not be a thing we should be uh, having to say out loud, right? Like, this is yeah. not a scenario. But, I mean, realistically, we should. But it's not just that. It's, like, it w okay, what I want to do is, like, oh, I'm an investigative journalist. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, and then I want to see how that affects them, you know? Because I know what happens when you don't say that, right? You know, but if yeah. something happens to me, you know, how is that going to affect someone else's behavior? Hi, Moto. <laughs> Are you joining us for, for just a moment? <laughs> just about to uh, wrap up. Yeah, yeah we're, we're wrapping up. Wrap up. <laughs> oh, I'm just checking on the bot here. I'm sure you're just checking on Craig. Yeah, there's something Moto funny is the creator of our SEO optimization bot, Craig, uh, Bart. So probably just checking on Bart. <laughs> Bart is having some issues, too. It won't let me bullet anything. There's a lot of error messages. No. <laughs> Well, so anyway. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been a fantastic yeah. guest. Uh, I'm sure you realize your story is surprisingly common, but you know, maybe some maybe some listeners didn't. Uh, uh, that's I'm, I'm so glad I could record stories like this. You know, uh, it's happening in 2020 oh, to everyone, and we just have to know each other and get together and say what's happening to us is not okay. 
and it's not our fault and it should not be normalized and we have to change the system dramatically. <laughs> so thanks and for being part are of not, that. We the poor are smart. We know what's happening, you know, and you, you get into these situations and then you have all this extra learning you have to do that wealthy people do not have to learn. You know, if they haven't been thrown in jail, they don't have to go through this whole education. They have a lawyer because they can afford it. Mm -hmm. That will just do it for them. They don't need to know. Being poor is a a pretty terrible uh, 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 situation to be in when when you're incarcerated or looking for education. Because your, your value as a human being is directly linked to your financial value, unfortunately. Your financial value is very high. So when I was in jail, for example, in the federal... They were getting paid over sixty thousand dollars a year for having me there. That's Some people don't even right. make it. So, so, so it's it's like you're more valuable when your potential's being like squandered and destroyed than when you mm-hmm. actually have it. That's why we need a UBI because this is a disgusting yeah. system. Yeah. These people are pieces of crap. Mm-hmm. And the more the, the, what we talked about today is the key is that you know the fact that. Uh, money is not is the debt and rather than uh you know the value of things um once once we once we understand that then we can really make things uh different but in the meantime every time we try to grow the economy we create more classes of people who are basically helpless to do anything for themselves and so other people have to do things for them that increases the gdp right if you can't do your own cooking and you eat out at a restaurant gdp just went up if you can't uh, take care of yourself and you have to get a nurse to come take care of you, you're medical, you know, you're medically uh, disabled now, uh, that increases our GDP. You know, if you go to jail, you can't do anything for yourself while you're locked up. People have to feed you and clothe you and take up uh, that. It really increases the GDP there. And G- GDP is really killing us. It's taking us right off the cliff. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, do you think you could officially join Yang Gang with Katie? <laughs> have to make the ask <laughs> yeah sign me up are you there with us maybe you can come back to our podcast again yeah this doesn't have to be the only time yeah. you're on by the way it could just yeah. be your trajectory and you can actually give us more information on how the country's falling apart from a ground level For sure. because you're totally yeah. on like <laughs> we'd love to have yeah, you back I, on I, you I could become a regular constantly. student we'd love to see yeah you no I, I would love that i would love that and you know being able to travel around and stuff like that you know i i, I do get to see um you know, um, a lot of not so awesome things in the country. Um, I, I, I get to see a lot of really beautiful stuff too. So, you know, when there are nice things, I can, I would definitely love to, to, you know, give, give some, some fun stories. Maybe next time I come on, I'll, I'll tell you guys about a, a good how about thing. Your that boyfriend? <laughs> um, how about this uh, boyfriend that we've heard about? Is he ever going to be able to, um, are you guys able to talk to each other now? Has this ordeal um, oh yeah, no. All of our charges are dropped, um, and um, you know we we were planning on staying in Santa Rosa for you know a day as we passed through, um, and we wound up staying there for about a month. But um, now we are out of the state of New Mexico, and all of our charges are dropped. Um, well, so they just stole a month and a um, couple thousand dollars from us. Um, but you know everything is back to normal now, so he's he's out. We're we're both free and back on the road again. So we'll bring him to the podcast if he is uh, able to join us. We, we would love. To yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> we can do that for sure. Cool. Well, thank you again yeah, for coming yeah. on. Yeah, I thanks know. for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Should the rest of us oh. sign off? Oh yeah, we should give our tags too. Sorry, <laughs> let's just. <laughs> 
I'll start with you, Faye, and then okay, we'll go. Okay, I'm Faye, um, Faye Koo, and I'm at Palestine Math on Twitter. Uh, Faye Doni, and uh, my Twitter handle is Tisdoni, T I S D O N E Y. Uh, also, I'm making a documentary. If anyone has any equipment or so that I can buy equipment, please, 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 please. Uh, my Venmo is Art by Doni, A R T B Y D O N E Y. Thank Very you. good. <laughs> How about you, Ariel? You ready? Yeah, so um, you can find me on uh, Ariel's Ariel's on Twitter and also um, Revolutionary Thinking on YouTube. I just put out the an interview I had with the Dividend Report talking about uh, Good Dollar, the, uh, the, the universal basic income cryptocurrency. And, like, what it means and how we can use that as maybe, like, a bartering system with this digital currency that's not connected to the one that we have right now. Cool. Very nice. Yeah, and my interview with the Paget Kagi hopefully is coming on YouTube soon. Uh, The Twitch one is there, but it's behind a paywall. And and even even I can't see my own interview because, <laughs> but yeah, it's just gonna. Okay, bring somebody it donate something so that Ariel can see his own interview. Uh, <laughs> these times of paywalls, these times of manufactured <laughs> scarcities, everyone doing what they must. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm gonna plug a different uh, interview I did. It was Careworth Podcast, um, episode four. Uh, she talks at the beginning and then it's me. It's probably by far one of my best interviews I've ever done. If you want to know about the projects I'm working on, oh, it was golden. It was With golden. Karen? Yeah, Karen. With so our great. fellow podcaster, Karen? Yeah, yeah. so uh, check out the Careworth podcast. <laughs> um, I guess, Shale, it's just your sign out now. My name is Shale Riley. Uh, my Twitter is S H A E L. R-I-L-E-Y. Thank you so much for joining us. We have another show coming up tomorrow. Uh, who is on our show tomorrow? Uh, is it John Munitz? Yes, it is. What time is it? Yeah, Hill of Roses. It's late. It's, like a- it's not our normal time. I believe we have an evening show tomorrow, but I'm going to go to... Oh, I got it. I got it. Uh, it's at it. 8 Eastern. 6 to 8, eight Eastern. 6 to 8 Eastern, Eastern tomorrow. Time, right. so Eastern is time, guys. Tomorrow, <laughs> Saturday, October 10th, John Munitz. Of Hill of Roses. And game night. 6 to 8 oh, Eastern, okay. and then 9 to 11 Eastern, we have a game night where we'll play Jackbox games, unless just me and Sheridan show up, in which case we will play Payday 2, and if only I show up, <laughs> I will play guitar. Oh my gosh. I'll bring I'll my show up. Let's make a commitment right now to show Yo, up. Yeah. Uh, me and Faye, we're going to have two Faye's. Okay. Now that I have some stability, I can show up. That was good. <laughs> I will see you then. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, we love you. Wild days have arrived. <laughs> thank you for watching. <laughs>